Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Alrighty then, and welcome to Maximize Your Influence, Podcast 416. Kurt Mortensen here, you know the drill. The skills, the tools, the techniques, the mindset, all those elusive tools that you need to be more successful, and of course, hopefully, what's the goal? Make more money. Today we're going to get into those three keys that amplify, supersize, whatever it is, help you persuade with power some things you probably haven't been thinking about. We're going to get those in the list, get that into your toolbox. Was on the East Coast of the United States this week doing a leadership seminar, live face-to-face, what we love to see, getting back to normal. And it's interesting, we've talked a little bit about this, but every time we talk about leadership or influence, right, they do go hand in hand. You can define them a little bit differently. I mean, negotiations, different with persuasion, different from influence, different from leadership, but they can all overlap. But the words that keep coming up more than ever, I've been doing this for a long time, authentic, genuine, real. So my question to you, are you? Are you authentic? Are you real? Are you a product of the product? Are you using the product you're asking someone else to use? Are you using the service you're asking someone else to use? Are you doing what you're asking someone else to do? Just thinking, this is a big one. One of those things where most people think, no, I'm genuine, I'm real, I have authenticity, I have integrity, I'm sincere. Yeah, but does the other person think that? You might think that just like trust. Remember it used to be, I trust you, give me a reason not to. Now it's, I don't trust you, give me a reason to trust you. And it's also true with being authentic and real. You think, yeah, sure, why not? but you have to earn it. So just think coming across that way. Big key in influence and leadership. So let's dive into the weekly scholarly article from the Journal of Emotions, University of Essex, and Dr. Korb. And it's talking about first impressions, how women and men and first impressions, reading emotions, emotional intelligence are very different. And they found out that even though men and women made different mistakes, subconsciously, they still made mistakes. So basically, faces and voices are more likely to be judged as male when they're angry and as female when they're happy. So I guess as men, we're always angry and women are always happy. All right? Take it for what it's worth. Brand new study. And they were really taking a deep dive to find things that could help us be more aware of our built-in biases and when our first impressions are wrong. Now, I'm all about the first impressions, instinct, reading people. But of course, there's prejudging, which can hurt that. There's biases that can hurt that. There's your own self-perception bias that can hurt that. So let's open it up here. Let's take a look at it. They did find that... Women, I don't think this is a surprise, this might be a duh factor, were slightly more sensitive to reading emotions, especially those subtle changes in emotions. And so what the researchers did is they had these avatar faces, and they created these human voices to go with the avatar faces. And so they showed the faces, and then they heard the voices, and they were asked to judge 
of the emotions, whether those emotions were either male or female. So when they were comparing it, they found for both faces and voices that the emotion was more influenced by the perception of their gender than the other way around. They pegged it to the amygdala. Remember, all your data goes to your amygdala before it gets your brain. That's your knee-jerk reaction. That's your subconscious trigger. It's a little almond cluster deep in the brain that causes those quick reactions, those quick feelings. So bottom line, faces and voices are more likely to be judged as male when they're angry and as female when they're happy. Looking into how we understand the emotional expression of a face or voice is heavily influenced by that gender and make those first impressions wrong. So be careful of your bias. Be careful of those first impressions. Again, as you persuade and influence, intuitions, impressions are good. But sometimes that knee-jerk reaction, keep the door a little open to maybe you didn't quite peg them right the first time. Maybe you didn't peg their gender right the first time. Whatever it is, be open. Be very careful of those first impressions. Which takes us to our Persuasion Ninja of the Week, going to Chick-fil-A. Now, full disclosure, I think I've been there once. I think I had it at a fundraiser. It was catered. So I'm neither pro nor con on Chick-fil-A, although when talking to the kids and teenagers, it's one of their all-time favorites. So what they do, they train their workers, A, to be nice, kind of like Southwest Airlines. If you know anything about Southwest Airlines, they're like, we hire personality, we train everything else. But they also train them to say, my pleasure. And I'll post both the articles at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's the home of everything you need. The Advanced Training, Influence University. Take your free Persuasion IQ assessment. Get the free book. The new edition of Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. The archives. Everything you want at Maximize Your Influence. There's your plug. All right. So back to Chick-fil-A. And they talk about their brand culture. So when someone says thank you, they don't say you're welcome or no problem. It's my pleasure. Which they say makes a huge difference in the impact with their customers. And I'll go with that. It's good verbal packaging. That's one of the 12 laws of persuasion and maximum influence. They've been doing this for over 20 years. They got it from the Ritz-Carlton. And they say it's proven to have a bigger impact with customers. Again, I've heard very few people complain about the customer service at Chick-fil-A. They'll go out of their way to help people out. They even have commercials actually showing that. So they believe they're in a service industry they train their workers to greet the customers, A, with a smile, B, with eye contact, C, with an enthusiastic voice, and D, not a you're welcome, but my pleasure, or even a my pleasure to serve you. In fact, that actual phrase is printed on their t-shirts and on their swag. And I don't know if swag's an international word. For my international friends out there, that's just... Stuff with your name on it, your company's name on it, that would be known as swag. So they claim that my pleasure is a symbol of the company's ethos, which if you know Aristotle and rhetorical methods, is that emotional impact, the relationship you have with people. I've seen that too in the country of Costa Rica. Beautiful place, by the way, if you haven't been there. Their phrase is con mucho gusto. So they don't say you're welcome. And most people, especially in the, the big hotels on the beaches, the nicer places. But I heard this across the board in Costa Rica. It's one of my favorite sayings. I say con mucho gusto, which in Spanish means with pleasure. Same category, same boat, same reaction. 
every word matters. It's just a little tweak. Even saying I apologize versus I'm sorry has a different impact. Calling somebody angry, oh, you're angry, versus I can sense your passion here makes a big difference in the reaction you're going to get. So look up the law of verbal packaging. Every word, your tonality, your rate of speech, all come into play in your ability to persuade. We think it doesn't matter. As Mark Twain said, the difference between the right word and the wrong word is the difference between lightning and a lightning bug. Makes a difference. Try it out with pleasure. Even one I was reading a study the other day that said, when you do a favor for someone, right? Law of reciprocity, another law. We'll get into a couple laws today. And they say thank you. All right, so they didn't go to the Chick-fil-A school or the Maximize Your Influence school. They do say thank you. If you want a hand that they're going to reciprocate, you would say, oh, you'd do the same for me. I'm telling you, as persuaders, influencers, leaders, every word matters, tonality matters. It makes a difference. So be more aware of that this week as you're out there making a difference, finding more success and changing lives. Time for listener email. Oh, boy. This is Stephanie from Ottawa. That's in Canada, North America. I'm a maximizer. Love the podcast. Thanks for your hard work. Hey, Stephanie, appreciate it. She says, I've been working on my persuasive presentation. Some are in a group, some are one-on-one. What are the big three? Everyone talks about there's three or four main things. What are the big three or four main things I need to do to be more persuasive? Says, Kurt, I know you're talking about a lot of different tools, but let's talk about the big three. All right, Stephanie, let's get into it. Let's talk about a big three, four. Wow. So many different things we can talk about here. But since you're doing the persuasive presentation, let's talk about some blunders, mistake there, and work on that. Now, one, I'm not even going to make this one of the three. This is just a foundational thing. doesn't matter what you're doing in the world, in your job, in persuasion, influence, leadership, doesn't matter. The foundation is always going to be mindset. That's self-persuasion. Are your thoughts mostly positive? Do you have the right beliefs or do you have conflicting beliefs? Are you programmed to have success? Have you given yourself permission to win? It's the one that everybody works on last, and we have podcasts on this too, the millionaire psychology, that mindset to start thinking right. That's foundational. Before we even get to the big three, you got to really understand the importance of your brain and the way you think and the way you feel and your state of mind. No secret, the study shows that when you feel influential, you are more influential. When you're feeling powerless, you are powerless. When you're in the wrong mood, you get them in the wrong mood. There's some contagious things going on here. So we won't touch that one today. We'll get to that one another time, but I'll put that as a foundational. Before I get to the three, it's going to be mindset. All right? So that's foundational before we get to the three. Now, as you look at persuasive presentations... Every time you talk to somebody, that is a persuasive presentation. And there's a lot of elements we can add to that. But I want to get more into where people blow it. Things I think could really help you out is the three things to think about before you even persuade. To supersize your persuasion. I know we're not allowed to say that anymore. At least McDonald's doesn't say that anymore. But that is a good term to supersize it. How do you enhance it? How do you magnify it? How do you get it to grow exponentially? And it's that little time, maybe the few minutes, the 10 minutes, five minutes, I know you're busy, before you persuade to ask yourself some questions so you can adapt to them and bring the right tools. See, most people just, as we've said in the show, show up and throw up, they vomit, 
one size fits all. Everyone gets the same presentation. That's not how it works. So I want to talk about that little time, if you have it, I know you don't always have it, to get you ready to persuade. The one that's prepared, has done the more research, studies show, especially negotiation, gets the better terms. So if you want to seal the deal, close the sale, get the yes, whatever it is, spend a few minutes. It gets faster and faster every time you do this. To do the big three, the three keys we'll call them, the three keys to amplify, let's go for it, supersize your ability to persuade. So the first one is the WIFT, the W-I-I-F-T. Now you've heard the WIFT one before, what's in it for me, but let me switch it up a little bit and add to that. I use the WIFT, W-I-I-F-T, because it means three different things. They all start with the letter T so you can remember what to think about. The first one you already know, what's in it for them, the person, the prospect, what's in it for them? We get that one, but let's add to that. Let's supersize it. What's in it for the team? That could be the family, the department. There's a group of people. What's in it for the partner? So what's in it for the team? Third one is the tribe, the city, the company, the organization, the industry. Notice it gets bigger and bigger. So usually for most of you, what's in it for them What's in it for the department? What's in it for the company? But you could adapt that to whatever you're doing. If you could peg one of those, great. Two of those, even better. All three, now you're a superstar. You are persuading on all cylinders. So think about that before you go and data dump on them or throw those persuasion darts we're talking about. Find out exactly what is in it for them. The second one is adapt. What are their demographics? What are their beliefs, their thoughts, their feelings? Now, it's different here. One-on-one, we're completely adapting to them. Now, in a group, we still want to adapt. Obviously, a group of accountants and engineers is different than a group of people being from customer service or sales. Different. No right or wrong, just different. We adapt to the group. But what's different, one-on-one, again, we're specifically adapting to that person. In a group, even though I'm adapting to maybe engineer salespeople, I still need to shoot down the middle a little bit more because I have all the personalities in the room. So the more you can get the information about personality styles, what they do, demographics. I know it takes a little time, but man, you can adapt and that makes a huge difference. Just a few seconds, think it through, make some phone calls, do some research on the internet, whatever you need to do. But do remember, one-on-one complete adaptation. In a group, we're adapting a little bit, but we still have to shoot down the middle with all the personalities in the room. And there's certain formulas for that that you can learn in persuasive presentations, and I'll talk more about that here in a bit. And the final one, what could cause resistance? All right, you gotta have those right tools. It's probably gonna be emotionally based. What's gonna cause resistance? What could cause resistance? What's going on here? For example, if you were going to another manager of equal authority and to influence them to do something, just the act of showing up and telling somebody else what to do in their department, uh, resistance. If there's history between you and them, resistance, they don't like you, could be resistance, don't trust you, could be resistance. Maybe last time you did something, it failed, and then they are resistant to failure or bruised to their ego or esteem, could be resistance. Maybe there's just no reason to do it. They don't care. Their boss doesn't care. What they're using right now is fine. There's just no reason to change, no reason to do it. So think about some of those things. Are you giving them a compelling reason to do it? 
Do they feel like they have the resources that there's a good return on investment of time, budget, money? Do they see the value in what you're doing? Have you reduced the risk with social validation or testimonials? Have you reduced the risk with a warranty, a guarantee, or even a personal promise? And of course, is there something about your industry, your company, you? Are there some trust issues there? Just some things to think about. If you want to know more about what I call the four hours of resistance, go to the archives. And I take a deeper dive into that, but it's something to think about. Now, those are the three things. And I just looking at it, they spell raw, resistance, adapt, the WIFT. And it also spells war, WIFT, adapt, resistance. So remember the acronym. Maybe you're thinking about, okay, just like a meal, all the raw vegetables, all the raw things we need to cook are out. This is just like a good pre-persuasion checklist. Those are the three things. Or maybe you're going to war. It's a negotiation. Choose the one that you like the best. Just noticing it's either war or raw. Choose the one you like. Remember those. Because we all know acronyms are easier to remember than the actual concept itself. So there you go. Choose one. Is it raw? Is it war? The big three... Let's use raw as we talk about the three ways to magnify, to enhance, to supersize your ability to persuade. Did we talk foundational mindset? That's a given. We've talked about that. But with the raw, what could be causing resistance? How can we adapt to the person, the group? And what is the whiff? What's in it for them, their team or department, the tribe or company? Fill in the blanks. Make it work. And you'll see a big difference in your ability to persuade. Again, I know you're busy. But those few couple minutes, however long you can take to think about those questions, give you the right tools, get you in the right space to be able to persuade and influence. All right, my friends, my maximizers, thanks for being here today as we finish up another episode of Maximize Your Influence. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the show. Remember, we're under Maximize Your Influence on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Now, of course, the special we've been running, check it out. Getting some great reviews on how do you create the perfect persuasive presentation, and I'm going to give it to you for free. You're like, what? Yeah. Go to Presentation IQ, and it's just 10 questions, won't take you very long. It helps you with my research, but it also pegs your strengths and your weaknesses. And for doing that, I'll give you for free my full training on how to create and deliver a charismatic or what I call the perfect persuasive presentation. I go from A to Z. I provide a template like I talked about before. What needs to be included in a group presentation is different than one-on-one. There's a certain element, certain formula. So I'm going to give you that template. You get to follow it throughout the training based on over 20 years of research, monitoring over thousands of different presentations and why some were persuasive and some were not because some present and some persuade. Which one are you? Check it out at presentationiq.com. Thanks for your time. Choose something just to master, just to work on this week. Become more influential, become a better negotiator, work on that mindset and go out and persuade with power.